Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Uh, Okay, so one more thing, super important before we get into the word. Um, You you remember maybe that Wednesday was Veterans Day, and so it wasn't a chance like before, and now we're after Veterans Day, but we can't let any any more time go. We can't gather without giving a big shout out to all our veterans. Come on, everybody. Let's show some love to all our veterans. Come on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. There's not enough thanks, honestly, for the few that serve and love the many. No greater love a man has than this, and he lays his life down for a friend. Uh, honestly, it's not lost, especially this year, an election year, that the fact that we uh, live in a country, whether you agree with an outcome or whatever the outcome's gonna be, whether you agree with it or not, the fact is you had a chance to vote, vote to have a voice because of our men and women in the military that not only fought and won that freedom and but protected today. And so again, the outcome, Come, regardless of that, we all have an opportunity to vote and express, you know, our idea, wants, and desires. And so that's something that we want to be, we want to remember and be grateful to all those that serve in the military. Many are continue to serve around today. And so um, I want to take a moment, if we can, let's pray for the veterans and our military, and let's pray for our leadership. Uh, we need to constantly do that. The Bible talks to us very, very clearly that we need to humble ourselves and pray. God will heal our land, and our land needs healing. And then as well, we need to pray for our leaders. The Bible instructs us to pray for those in leadership and authority over us. So, whether you agree with them or not, but so, the Bible says, so you'll have peace and honor and dignity. And so we want to make sure that we're doing what the Bible says. I mean, you guys know it's good to do what the Bible says. Come on, that's what we're doing, right? And so, if you would join me for a moment, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to live in still the greatest country on the planet. I thank you, Father God, that we know that freedom is never free. There is a great price, and the price is blood. The price is life. And so, Father, we thank you for the many, the few, rather, that put their lives on the line for the many so that we can enjoy the freedoms. And things such as voting, Father God, may we never take it for granted. One way that we can honor those that lay their lives on the line through service and sacrifice is to leverage our freedom on behalf of serving one another, not to indulge in our own wants and desires. I thank you, Father God, for the many veterans, Lord, the many that have laid their life on the line. We thank you for those that are on the front line today, even as we speak around the world. There's men and women putting their life on the line for our greater good, and we thank you and we honor them. Father, we also lift up our leadership of this country, Lord. We put aside personal opinions or agendas or ideas, and Father God, we just look at the word, and we will be obedient, and we lift up our leadership, Father. May you speak to their heart and life. May they have an ear for you, Father God, and the voice of another they'll not follow. We pray for laborers across their path that will point them in the direction of the word of God. We pray, Father God, for uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit to speak and to lead and to guide. We pray for uh, eyes to be opened and hearts to be softened. We pray, Father God, Lord, that you will cover this land. You'll cover our leadership and cover this land with your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Father God, that, Lord, we just trust you for everything, Father God. And we give it to you this morning in our time of prayer and worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad God's God? Come on, somebody. He's a good God. Turn to Acts 27 for me. While you're turning there, Acts 27. Um, I just want to say this. My wife and I, of course, we were out during all the election stuff. We watched a little bit of it. A little bit more isolated than here, just being in Mexico when we celebrated Audible de Vida's 10th anniversary. We stayed a little bit more, celebrate my birthday. I want to thank you for all the birthday wishes and stuff. And so uh, we had a chance to just kind of 
just kind of decompress for a while and not get caught up in all that. And so it was really nice. And um, I just want to say that, you know, God is God. <laughs> you know, nothing has changed. And uh, we live in a world that's changing constantly. And that's why it's important for you and I to gather together, to spend time online here in homes or here, and just sit into the word of God. Because that, the word of God really is what gives us hope. It's what gives us faith. It's what gives us direction and correction for life. Um, we need to draw closer to God now than we ever have. We need to make it intentional to do that. I'm looking at the world today, looking at where we are today and asking God to give me a word in season, meaning, God, what is it that you want to speak to Tree of Life today based on what's happening in this world? I really feel that he dropped this in my heart. We're going to start a three-part series I'm calling Anchored, and today the message title is The Anchor Will Hold. Um, I don't know if you know this. I am uh, somebody that is really interested in trivia and probably a lot of useless information. I'm like that guy that I just love. I read all the time, and I just like to just share things that nobody really cares about. And, uh, but here's something very interesting I found that I don't know if you know that 2020, obviously, is a year like no other. But I don't know if you know this. 2020 is also a year that has had the most recorded storms in history. I mean, and they really only record that from like June to like the end of November, maybe. And we have surpassed any other year in our history of recorded storms. And actually, we have 29 right now. And number 30 is kind of entering the Caribbean. And they figure it will turn into a hurricane. And can I just tell you, it seems like every other week, Louisiana catches one of those. It seems like we need to be praying for people because it seems like there's just a lot happening beyond COVID, beyond election and all the kind of things, social unrest, racial unrest, all that. Um, people are still experiencing storms in life. I think that things that happen in the natural parallel the spiritual. And so I would dare say that not only is it the stormiest year uh, on record in my lifetime, I believe it's the stormiest year spiritually. And we can um, add the names COVID to that. We can add the names, we won't say the names of, you know, people, but uh, elections to that. Uh, Certainly a lot of racial injustice, uh, a lot of social unrest, uh, financial crisis. I mean, to me, honestly, it is a year like none other. Um, I'm thankful that in the midst of a storm, we have an anchor called Jesus, amen? And so I really feel that God had put this message on my heart. I hope that you open up and receive and get those live notes out. We're gonna gonna move (laughs) pretty fast, uh, partly because I've, been, I've missed you guys. I'm so excited to be back again, and I really am excited about the message that God put in my heart today. Um, the reality is everybody goes through storms. The, the Bible says that right, the righteous and the unrighteous, or the just and the unjust, it rains on. We all do because we live in a broken world. In this life, you'll have trouble, Jesus says, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. And everyone goes through storms. And it seems to me in the natural, and then looking through the scripture, that anchoring is a vital thing to do to survive the storms. And so we look at a storm that the Apostle Paul is going through, uh, the great, uh, uh, terrible, great storm in the natural. And throughout this journey of his, he points out some things, he shares some things that I think are so relevant to you and I to understand and apply in our life for today to walk through the storms that we experience in life. So let's take a look. I'm going to read this passage and then we'll kind of just refer back to it. I'll point out a few key words and, and let's move on. But Acts 27, 17 through 20, then we'll jump to 22, then we'll jump to 29 through 31 for time's sake. Here we go. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship and fearing lest they should run aground in the Syrtis Sands, they struck sail and were so driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. 
I'm hold on to that one. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, can you imagine that? Maybe that's what you're feeling like spiritually. You haven't had any hope. You haven't seen anything for days. No small tempest beat on us. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. A terrible storm. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, listen to this, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape uh, from the ship when they had let down the skiff, so four sailors seeking to escape, let down the lifeboat, if you will, into the sea under the pretense or pretending of putting out anchors from the prow. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. What we take from this, number one, is that it's obviously important in surviving a storm to be anchored properly. And so I, I want to look at what the Apostle Paul's talking about here and see how we can apply it to our life. But understand, they drop four anchors to keep from drifting into the rocks. A key to surviving storms is being anchored properly. Sad story, I don't know if you'll remember the story, but several years ago, there were three men out in a fishing boat off of the coast of Florida, two NFL players, one college player that was going to be drafted high in the draft. A storm came up on the horizon. They saw it coming. They knew they could not outrun it, and so they decided they needed to anchor and find a way to ride the storm out. Uh, The boat was capsized. Uh, Sadly, two lost their life. One survived for two days hanging on to something. And when he was rescued, they began to look at the situation. They they began to investigate what took place. And they took his testimony and looking at everything happening. And they concluded, in fact, the article said that the conclusion was drawn that they perished because they were anchored improperly. It appears to me that in the midst of a storm, natural or spiritual, that it is important to be anchored properly. And there's some things that the Apostle Paul talks about that we can take to heart. Uh, three things Paul said you need to do when you're going through a storm. Um, in Acts 27, 17, we started there. It said that undergird, they undergirded the ship. Um, let me say this. We need to brace up. Undergirding is strengthening or bracing up the ship and reinforcing it. So what would happen in that day is a sailor would tie a rope around his waist. He would jump off one side of the ship, come up onto the other side. They would pull the rope up and they would do that several times and they would tighten the rope. And it's what they're talking about, undergirding. They're reinforcing the ship. They're strengthening the ship. One thing we need to do in the midst of a storm is to undergird ourselves in the word of God. We need to strengthen ourselves. We need to not fear the storm. We need to brace up. Say brace up for me. Don't run away. Don't cower down and hide. A storm's coming and you can't keep it from coming. So brace up, brace up. And so this is what you're to do when you get into a storm. Brace up, strengthen your mind with the word of God. First thing to do is brace up your mind with the word when you're going through a rough weather spiritually. Brace up your mind with the word of God. So many things. We could spend series, weeks and weeks and weeks on bracing ourselves up, our minds up with the word of God. But let me give you this in Jeremiah 1.5. Jeremiah 1.5, not in your notes, but it says this. Before, uh, Jeremiah says, before I was formed in my mother's womb, he knew me. He sanctified me. He called me to a purpose and a destiny, knowing what I would experience. He knew everything I would go through, and he's given me everything I need to get to the other side. Brace yourself up. God knew everything you would experience before you were born, and has provided everything you need to get to the other side. So don't fear and don't worry. Brace yourself up. Brace your mind up with the word of God. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, on the wall out there. Brace your mind up. Brace your thoughts up on the word of God. It says, I know the thoughts and plans you have for me, says the Lord. The thoughts you think towards me, they're thoughts of good, not of evil, thoughts of peace to give you a future and a hope. Another translation says, a future filled with hope. You need to hear that when you're going through a storm, that God has a future for you filled with hope. You need to hear and brace up your mind with a word that says that God has good thoughts towards you. He has peace towards you. It doesn't matter how dark the storm seems or how rough the waters are. God has a plan that's greater than the storm. Brace your mind up. Brace yourself up. My Savior is greater than my storm. If you don't brace yourself up, if you don't strengthen yourself or undergird yourself with the word, fear will take over your mind. And the Bible says, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Worry, anxiety, depression, discouragement, hopelessness will take over your mind if you do not brace it up with the word of God. Brace up your marriage with the word of God when you're going through a marital storm. Brace up your family with the word of God if you're struggling with your kids and your teenagers or if you have a kid that's wandered away. Brace your mind up with the word of God. Paul says in Romans 12, renew your mind daily. What's he saying? Brace up, strengthen your mind every single day. Don't wait till Sunday. Every day. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, take every thought captive and bring it into obedience of the word. That means filter everything through the word of God. Brace up your thoughts. Let the word of God dominate them. Brace up, strengthen. Maybe you're in a financial storm. Brace your finances up with the word of God. All my needs are met according to his riches and glory. Amen. Malachi 3.10, bring the tithe into the storehouse and God will open the window of heaven and pour forth a blessing you cannot contain. God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. God will not let your fruit fall from the vine before it's time. Brace yourself up in the midst of a storm with the word of God and then be obedient to the word of God. The word of God says that he is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. You may think that your resources are insufficient, but you serve the sufficient one and he is more than enough. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, my provider, not not man, not this economy, not this president or the next, not anything happening, not the stock market. He's Jehovah Jireh. Brace your mind up. Brace your mind up with the word of God. And we saw in the story as well, he said, don't lose heart. Paul said, don't lose heart. He said that in verse 22. Let me say this, cheer up, cheer up. Paul said, hey, cheer up, everybody. A storm is no time for a pity party or an oh me moment. It's no time to sit down and worry and fear. It's no time for a pity party or a poor me moment. Hope has to rule your heart. Hope has to control your attitude. I wrote it this way, cheer up, don't tear up. You should put that on a shirt. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the circumstances of life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't lose your joy. Cheer up. Your joy is not based on natural circumstances lining up the way you want. It's based on who God is. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hey, it could be worse. I sat down and was visiting with my brother, Pastor Jeff, Pastor's Audible Davida. And we're just talking about, see when pastors get together, they you know, talk about challenges and struggles. And 
And other people maybe don't understand it because they haven't been there. And, and so COVID is really uh, hard in Mexico. They can't have anybody in a service under 12 or over 60. Basically eliminates a lot of families. They have some other restrictions. Things have gotten to a point. Looks like they could be on the verge of being shut down. Again, it's very discouraging for them. And I just found myself saying, hey, bro, it could be worse. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it can be worse. Let me tell you, it might, might, might be worse this way. Hey, let's look at what we do have, Jeff, instead of what we don't have. Let's look at what God has done. Let's look at what God has said. Let's look at who God is. Cheer up. You serve the God of the universe. He has the last word. We need to encourage ourselves. Listen, everybody, the message of Christianity is victory, not defeat. The message of Christianity is victory, not defeat. It's overcoming, not being overcome. I'm an overcomer, then act like it, cheer up. I'm more than a conqueror, then act like it, cheer up. I have a faith that overcomes the world. Act like it and cheer up. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But cheer up, doesn't say that, but I've come to give life and more abundantly, but it's what it means. In this world, you'll have storms, but cheer up, I've overcome this world. Cheer up, Jesus said. And Jesus said, cheer up. He built his church and the gates of hell, the demons of hell, the lies of hell, the attacks of hell, the devil himself will not, shall not, cannot prevail. So cheer up, church. Cheer up. Brace up. Undergird your life, your mind, your finances, your business, your family with the word of God. Cheer up. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Paul said in Acts actually talked about in Acts 27 that they lightened the load. 27, 18, 19, they lightened the load. It says with their own hands. I love that phrase, with their own hands. They lighten the load, so we need to brace up, cheer up. We need to lighten up. They need to lighten the load. They begin to lighten the load with their own hands. Listen, on a journey, your journey of life, this year's journey, you pick up stuff. You just accumulate stuff. You gather stuff. You collect stuff along the way, and before you know it, you're full of junk. <laughs> You got stuff you don't need, you know you do. You got stuff you don't need. Stuff you were never supposed to have, you don't need to have that doesn't do anything towards the plan and purpose of God. And the thing that a storm will do is it will come and it will cause you to see the extra stuff you've taken on board that doesn't really matter. It'll help you look at yourself, take a, take a self-inventory, reflect on yourself and see what you need and what you don't need. A storm will reveal what's necessary and what's not necessary. And listen, we need to strip things down just to the base. What we need is Jesus. Nothing else really matters. And we collect stuff in our own ideas and thoughts and plans and purposes. We want our own way and we want, well, let's do it this way and I need this thing. And God never asked you to do some of that stuff. So we collect unnecessary responsibilities. Things God never told you to take on. Things God never told you to do and now it's taking up resource and taking up space and taking up energy and they make your ship heavy and dangerous. We take on distractions, things become distractions. You know, even good things can be distractions to the God things that God never asked you to do. And so storm helps reveal those things. And we can easily get distracted from the things God wants us to do or our main calling or our main purpose in Jesus. And we expend energy and resource and emotion on things we never were meant to. And they began to look around the ship, take inventory, see what is not necessary for the journey. And it says with their own hands, with their own hands, quit waiting on God to do what you can do. We're asking for God to remove things from our ship. And he's like, throw it overboard. (laughs) 
God, just take this. If you don't want me to have this thing, you know in the, whole, in the Holy Spirit in you knows what you need and what you don't need. No matter how you try and justify it, you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it and then throw it overboard. Some of us are waiting. We've been sailing around with a heavy overburdened ship asking God to take things and he's like, you do it. Throw it over the side. What are you hanging on? You know, the problem is we're spiritual hoarders. All right, it's like that. And naturally, some of us, I'm, I am naturally. Just throw it overboard. Get rid of stuff that's weighing you down. Get rid of the stuff that's holding you back. Get rid of the baggage of pride. Quit walking that way. Get rid of that stuff. Pride comes before a fall. Get rid of the baggage of complaining. Are you gonna complain all 2020? If so, don't talk to me. I'm blocking you, all right? I'm just doing that one. I don't want your baggage. All right, get rid of the baggage of fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Get rid of the baggage of past failures. They don't define who you are today. Get rid of the baggage of unforgiveness and bitterness. Throw it overboard. Unforgiveness and bitterness will hold you back and weigh you down. When you're going through a storm, get down to what is essential. The extra baggage will weigh you down and it's dangerous for your ship. And I don't know what you're thinking. I know, I know what you're thinking right now, but you cannot throw overboard your husbands or your teenagers. You can't, you just can't do that. It's just speaking to my wife right there. You can't do that. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight that so easily besets us, every snare, every sin, every trap. And said, after three days, they threw overboard. And listen, this is interesting. After three days, they threw overboard the ship's tackle. The ship's tackle. I'm like, what is that? I'm not a sailor, sailor or whatever. I tackle. I got my tackle box out. I go fishing or whatever. Like, so I, I looked it up. What's the ship's tackle? It's interesting to me in this context. The ship's tackle represents ropes and pulleys used to load and unload cargo. Get rid of, they threw overboard with their own hands the ship's tackle, or they threw overboard the ability to load things back on again. Come on, somebody. Because here's what we'll do in the midst of a storm. We'll start throwing stuff. I don't need that. Let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. And all of a sudden, the storm dissipates and we're in smooth waters. And now we're trying to get it back and load it back on our ship, right? When things are good, we want all this stuff, but God never intended for you to have some of that. And so in a storm, you throw it overboard. We'll leave it overboard. What they did was threw away their ability, threw overboard their ability to load back on stuff they already threw over and no longer would need. Quit loading stuff on your ship you don't need. God never told you. It's going to weigh you down. It's going to be dangerous for you. They threw away overboard their ability to load stuff back on that they no longer need. The word tack, also is ropes and sails, used to direct the ship. With tact, they could control their direction and their speed. They threw overboard their ability to control their direction and their speed. Come on, somebody. They threw the ability to do their own thing, go their own way at their own pace, and had to just settle on God. Maybe the reason you're in a storm is because you've been steering your ship instead of God, and you've been going at a pace he never intended. His timing is perfect. Some of us in a storm need to throw the tack over so we won't load things back on we have no business having, and so we won't control or determine our own direction and destiny. We allow God to do that. Throw it overboard. In the midst of a storm, throw it overboard. You can trust God. They, can, they surrendered control. Not my will, but your will. Not my, what I want, but what you want, God. Not my way, but your way. A place of surrender. God's ways are higher than our ways. We can trust him. And remember, he's, never, he's gonna lead us to victory. He's never gonna lead us to defeat or destruction. 
When I go through a storm, the things it seems that I need to unload, let me just share for a moment, maybe it'll help you process and your own inventory, things I need to throw overboard, things I need to lighten up. For me, it seems like every time I experience a storm, the storm whispers in my ear, insufficiency. I'm insufficient. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough training. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough resources. In the midst of COVID, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) And everybody's telling different things. How am I going to make these decisions? Insufficiency tells me I don't have enough and I don't know enough, but I know God and I have enough God and my God is more than enough, the Bible says. He is the all-sufficient one. So get insufficient see off your ship and throw it overboard when a storm comes when a storm comes in my life the storm whispers in my ear insecurity I have insecurities I can't do this there are better speakers than me I know that uh, you're not even a good speaker I'm not even a good speaker my grammar is terrible I speak way too fast and I yell a lot and I have no idea why <laughs> insecurities and now I'm trying to grow a beard and I can't and it's just like the way it is and I know insecurities can I say this get insecurity off your ship for me I gotta throw insecurity overboard quit hauling around get it off your ship when a storm comes storm whispers in my ear insignificance who do you think you are Really, who do you think you are? You're only the pastor because your dad founded it. They, they don't need you. You're not the right person for the job. They can do better than that. They can, they, they can do without you. Get, in, get, get insignificance off your ship. Quit listening to the lies of the enemy. In the storm, you need to lighten your ship and you'll realize it's not who you are, but whose you are. It's not what you can do, but what he can do through you. Because the Bible says it's in him we live and move and have our being in Acts 17. Okay, so, so brace up, cheer up, lighten up. In Acts 27, 29, we saw already, it said that they dropped four anchors. They dropped four anchors. You can put that up there, guys. Since they dropped four, it's up there. Thank you, four anchors, four anchors. They wanted to properly be anchored. We need to be properly anchored in our storm to survive. I don't, I went and got an anchor here because I'm a, I may not be the best speaker, but I am a good steward. <laughs> I didn't want to buy four anchors. <laughs> I, just, I just got one. Actually, my purchase order was not approved by the accounting office anyway, so I just got one, but it's got four grapples on it. And on each grapple, I wrote the anchor. So he says I dropped four anchors. Anchors to hold. Let me give you four anchors. Four anchors, I believe, that in the midst of your storm, the storm that we see, the life that we're in today, that we need to drop in life. Number one is the anchor of purpose. I'm here for a purpose. God put me on the planet for a purpose. I am not an accident. I am not just the result of my parents getting together. I have a purpose. Sorry, mom. I have a purpose. And and God put me here on purpose. Listen to me. Your God-given purpose is stronger than any storm you will experience. Your God-given purpose doesn't change in the midst of a storm. It is the same. Your God-given purpose doesn't change in the midst of a pandemic. It is still the same. Your God-given purpose doesn't change because of who's in the White House. It's from God. Two things about your God-given purpose you need to know. One is this, it's not in your notes. Your purpose came before your conception. Your purpose came before your conception. Jeremiah says, before I was in my mother's womb, you had a plan and ordained me a prophet to the nations. 
before you were even conceived, your purpose was ordained by God. Your purpose was decided before you were conceived. Number two, your purpose was planned without your input, which we all would have probably liked some, but we didn't get it. He didn't want it, he didn't need it. God said, this is why you'll be on the earth, and he didn't ask your opinion or if you were okay with that. God doesn't look at the state of the world and then all of a sudden change purposes and change things around. He knows everything from beginning to end and he created you and designed you before you were even born to fulfill a divine destiny and divine purpose. He doesn't change his mind because a storm comes. He already knew about that. He puts something in you that's unstoppable as long as you're doing what God has purposed you to do. Fearfully and wonderfully made, created for good works. Focus on your purpose when you get in the midst of the storm. It hasn't changed. Tree of Life's purpose has not changed because of pandemic, has made us wear masks and shut down and sit socially distant and have people online. It has not changed. And yours has not either. We're still on purpose. Focus on what's ahead of you, not what you're going through. Focus on what's ahead of you, not what you're going through. Hebrews 12:2 says this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, what was ahead of him, that was set before him, endured the cross, what he was going through, his storm, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What got Jesus to the other side of the cross or his storm, if you will? The resurrection and you. He was looking ahead of him, not at the storm. You have to drop the anchor of purpose. God put me here. God put me on this planet. God put me here in this area. God put me here in this church. God put me here in 2020 for a purpose. He called me here, and the storm will not stop me. I'm going to talk about, let me say, I wrote this down. I'm not going to talk about what I'm going through all the time. I'm going to talk about what I'm going to. And here's what we need to know. God has used sinners. God has used failures. God has used outcasts and the rejected, but God cannot use quitters. He can't. He's not going to force you. Second anchor needs to drop in the midst of the storm. Anchor of courage. Oh, we need an anchor of courage. Fear has run rampant over this country, over this world for a long time, and we need to step up in courage. Joshua 1, he was told four times to be strong and of good courage, to get some courage, to be strong and courageous. You need to get some courage when the storm comes. And I know it's hard. We need to get some courage. In Acts 27, it said, four men tried to get in the lifeboat looking to run away. It said pretending to put out anchors. And Paul said to the centurion, unless they say with the ship, you all will die. You know why we need to have courage? Not just for yourself, but everyone round about us lives is at stake. Husbands, you need to have courage because the, your spouse and your family's lives are at stake. So wife, you need to have courage because your husband and your family's life's at stake. Mom and dad, you need to have courage, not just for you, but for your children. Tree of life, we need to have courage, not just for us and here that gather online, but for this whole community and this whole area that's walking through a storm right now. We need to stand up and be courageous in God. It doesn't just affect you, it affects everyone round about you. Isn't it interesting that he said, if those four men leave, then we're all gonna perish. And let me tell you this, running does not save you. Remember we talked about faith a couple weeks ago, it said, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. We're not those people. You don't live by running away. We're not of those who shrink back and destroyed. We need to remind and be remember that. And it says they were pretending to put out anchors. I think this is interesting. They were pretending. Can I say this right now very lovingly? Quit pretending. Quit faking it. 
You're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling God. You might fool everybody else. Can I tell you one thing a storm re- uh, reveals? Is if you're a faker and a pretender. I, I, don't, I don't know how to soften that. I don't know if I should. But it reveals what you really believe. It reveals where your relationship with the Lord really is. And let me say that's not a bad thing because we all can be deceived in thinking it's somewhere that it's not. A storm will reveal where you really are, and that's a good thing, and then you start making choices and decisions based on where you know that you really are. See, the storm will expose you who for you really are and what you really believe. This year has exposed some of us for what we really believe and what we walk out in our relationship with God. And listen, we don't whine. We don't quit. We don't fall apart. We don't shrink back. We don't pretend. We don't fake it. We drop the anchor of courage. In other words, we do this. We keep our head up. We keep our eyes forward. We stand up on our feet. We stand on the rock that cannot be shaken. And we say with a loud voice, if God be for me, who can be against me? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. No weapon, no storm formed against me will prosper. I'm a child of God. Whom shall I fear? I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Courage is standing up for God when no one else will. Courage is forgiving the unforgivable. Courage is refusing to let a bad diagnosis steal your joy or your faith. Courage is believing God's not through with you yet, even though everybody else is. Courage is believing my destiny is greater than my dilemma. Drop the anchor of purpose and drop the anchor of courage. Number three, drop the anchor of worship. I love this one. This is an important one. When we get in a storm, we're called to be worshipers. Let me say it this way. Here's another t-shirt. We're called to be worshipers, not whiners. I'm a worshiper, not a whiner. If you're a whiner, start worshiping. <laughs> It'll change. It'll change. See, worship takes your eyes off your storm and puts them on your Savior. Worship doesn't focus on how big your storm is, but focuses on how big your God is. Worship gets you the right perspective. Worship connects you to God so you can hear from him the right voice. So we worship God and we sing, heaven invade my life, heaven invade my marriage, heaven invade my body, heaven invade my finances, and then I, get, I see things the way God sees them, I hear things the way God hears them, I speak things the way God would speak them. It changes everything. Worship changes you. It changes everything. So in the midst of a storm, we got to drop our anchor of start worshiping the God of the universe who is greater than any storm so we have the right perspective. We see him for who he really is and the storm for really what it is. And the last anchor, I'm going to give you this one, the anchor to the church. Anchor to the church. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling yourselves together. I know in difficult times and I, I, I feel that if everybody's at home and, and they feel it's better right now, I totally respect that. You got to work a little harder to be connected. We have to work harder because we have to sit socially distant. We have to make sure that we can create safe environments. That doesn't mean we can't do it. It means we have to work a little harder. We all need to be wise and be good stewards so we don't risk this and cause something different to happen. So if you're at home or here, we just got to work a little harder, but we got to be together connected in some way. We're better together. My wife spoke a message a few weeks ago, powerful, better together, stronger together. We help each other in the midst of storms. We encourage each other in the midst of our storms. We have to find ways, work to find ways to be together. The the hardest thing about this time is being isolated. The enemy wants to isolate. If he can isolate, he can devastate. So we got to connect somehow. We have to work a little harder again, but we can do it. We can do it. We have to find a way to stay connected. Have to find a way. But if I'm anchored, if 
I'm anchored, I won't drift. Here's the thing. Anchors are great, but an anchor is only as good as what it's connected to. An anchor is only as good. Have you ever been, uh, some, when you had the anchor down and it's just dragging across the bottom, across the sand, and you never, never really stopped you, right? It's just like pulling away. It wasn't connected to something immovable. An anchor has to be connected to something immovable. And we have an immovable rock whose name is Jesus. We have Jesus, the rock of ages. No foundation can be laid than him. He is immovable, unshakable, and we have Jesus as the immovable rock. So we drop our anchor of purpose. We drop our anchor of courage. We drop our our anchor of the church. We drop our anchor of worship and connect it to the immovable one. Because we have a tendency to drift. Whether, Whether there's storms or not storms, we have a tendency to drift. Unintentionally, maybe, sometimes through personal choices. And so our anchor is the finished work of the cross. There's nothing more powerful than the finished work of the cross. Immovable, unchangeable, not being shaken by any storm, any election, anything we face in life. And so you have to be anchored because we all have a tendency to drift. And over time, we find ourselves wandering and we're blown to and here because of wind and waves and, and maybe fear and a job loss or maybe a disappointing circumstance in a relationship or maybe our kids aren't doing what we do. But when we're anchored to the immovable one, here's what happens. We drift and we wander. And then at some point in time, there's a gentle tug back. At some point in time, he's pulling you back. He's saying, hey, hold on there. And so what we need to do is understand that we have got to be connected, secure to the immovable one. And so through our life, yeah, storms come and we get blown around and we drift in sometimes, but the anchor will hold. The anchor will hold. And I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're going through today. Some of you are going through storms I cannot even imagine. But I want to say to you today, the anchor will hold. He's immovable. The finished work of the cross is immovable. It won't change. It will never fail. The anchor will hold for your life. And I want to encourage you today. I don't know what the storm is. I don't know if it's a financial, relational, physical. I don't know. But I want to tell you the anchor will hold because it's Jesus and he changes not the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he loves you. He's not giving up on you. He never will. He did it once for all time for everyone, and he will not change his mind. He is the immovable one, but you gotta be anchored. You gotta be anchored. I wanna encourage you, the anchor will hold. But Pastor Don, you don't know, all I know is the anchor will hold. But this this has been going on for years, the anchor will hold. Had no control over it, the anchor will hold. Anchor will hold. We're anchored to the cross. We're anchored to the finished work of Jesus. We're anchored to the sacrifice of the spotless lamb. We're anchored to the resurrection power. The anchor will hold. Hebrews 6, 18 through 19. That by two immutable things, unchangeable, never changeable things in which it is impossible, it is impossible for God to lie. He cannot lie and he cannot fail. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Verse 19. This hope, our hope, we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. What's behind the veil? Behind the veil is the forerunner. He has entered for us, Jesus, having become the high priest. Our hope, who is steadfast and sure, his name is Jesus. 
hold on to the anchor, hold on to the, hold on, rather, hold on to the immovable one. The anchor will hold. He is sure and steadfast. Romans 8, 39, 38 through 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor present things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, nor pandemic, nor election, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The anchor will hold. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.